This episode is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a bit different than most summers. We're staying at home for the most part, and we're finding ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players, ages 10 and up, although younger kids can play with adult guidance. It is a great way to keep families engaged in off screens, even if it's just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. And it's really easy to pick up. Get Catan at CatanShop.com slash mom. Listeners of our podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And I wish that our Stuff Mom Never Told You intro music wasn't so cheerful because this is not a cheerful day. Um, Caroline and I rushed into the podcast studio to record this episode uh, in response to the Election of Donald J. Trump as president. Something that the Simpsons unfortunately predicted years ago would happen. But in that instance, at least Lisa Simpson was there to clean up the messy left. We're going to need so many Lisa Simpsons now. Yeah, and some Leslie Nopes, and honestly, we probably a Hillary Clinton. Oh, and a Shirley Chisholm, an Ida B. Wells, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, y'all, it's a rough day. I didn't yeah. want to get out of bed. I was honestly, Caroline, scared to wake up and turn on the news because I just didn't want to face reality. Yeah, I didn't either. Actually, when I woke up this morning, I lay face down in my bed for a while trying to muster the energy to even move because normally when I have a bad day and I go to bed, typically when I wake up the next day, Things are a little bit more in perspective. The negative doesn't seem so bad. And typically I can get the feeling of like, all right, I got this. I can move forward. I know that I have to move forward and I know that we can all come together and work together to move forward. But I still have a little bit of a cloud of despair around me at this moment. And so uh, I look forward to getting to the point where I will rally and... Um, I, I just like, I kind of need a minute today as a lot of my friends have needed a a minute to, um, I've had lots of conversations online, (laughs) not, not in person yet today, but a lot of conversations with friends, um, who are genuinely concerned about their rights, whether from a perspective of being a woman, an immigrant, uh, an LGBTQ person, um, people with mixed families, maybe someone has just come to this country. Um, it's, it's scary. And, you know, I've also seen a lot of, uh, people who voted for Trump telling other people to stop whining or stop complaining, um, and get over it. And that this is the way of the world and the way that I see it. 
is that the way of the world is that um, the majority of voters voted to uphold white supremacy last night. Oh, yeah. And patriarchy. Yeah. And we mean patriarchy in the way that we talk about it on the podcast in terms of feminism and all of that stuff. But we also mean patriarchy in the way of hierarchical systems that are based on the oppression of already marginalized communities as well. And this isn't just an issue of women versus men, of black versus white. This contains so many layers. And and the layer that I'm grappling with the most right now are the vast numbers of white women who voted for Trump, who voted for everything that he stands for, um, which politically some say that it's all about the policy, but just the very fact that it's fine electing a man who uh, so completely degrades women by his very existence is unconscionable to me. Well, what that says to me is that there are a lot of people who live very comfortably and whose existences will not be rattled by Donald Trump being president, by Mike Pence being vice president, by potentially Rudy Giuliani being attorney general. Um, I'm terrified. And the thing is, I keep crying because every time I start to think, okay, you've moved on and, and gone on before you lived through eight years of George Bush, you can do this too. I just think of another social or cultural aspect of this country that is now threatened. Um, I think of how Donald Trump now has the opportunity to appoint at least one justice to the Supreme Court. Um, and uh, looking at the chart that was circulated on social media last night, showing the breakdown by race and gender of who voted for whom, Trump versus Clinton. I'm not even addressing third party yet. Um, Clearly, a majority, I think it was 63 percent, a majority of white men and 52 percent of white women feel comfortable enough with Donald Trump as president and anything and everything that that means that they are willing to overlook the sexism, misogyny, homophobia, xenophobia that he represents. Um, and I was actually speaking with someone on Twitter last night who voted for Trump. And um, he took issue with me saying that and me saying that what you're you're voting for Trump because of what emails like you're not willing to vote for Hillary because of emails. And he said, you know, n- no, drop that line. Um, it's about more than that. It's about her corruption and her lies and her pay for play. And also it makes me wonder, like, what did these people think about um, Dick Cheney and Halliburton? <laughs> you know, like, why is it just her potential tainted edges that uh, throw them off and not someone like Dick Cheney's? And all that it comes down to for me that I can think of is her gender, her husband that people take issue with um, and her support for all sorts of marginalized communities. 
And absolutely. The the hypocrisy is mind boggling. Um, and for people who want to take a deeper dive um, into Hillary Clinton's career leading up to and through um, the beginning of her tenure as first lady, we did a whole episode about that called Who is Hillary Clinton that you can go back and listen to because because the thing is, to me today, I don't want to waste time talking to people who insist that she's a corrupt liar right. because we have way more problems. And I'm never going to convince those people no. that she is not a liar and a murderer and literally the embodiment of Satan, which Pat Buchanan uh, did suggest back in the 90s. Like our hatred of her runs deep and it runs as deep as our hatred of women. And right. because I'm not feeling terribly eloquent right now, first of all, I'm letting my sweatshirt speak for me. It does say the future is female. You are wearing your pussy grabs back shirt, which I do think you should wear to every business meeting we ever have. Um, but David Remnick at The New Yorker wrote a really powerful um, take on this, like right after the election was called early this morning. And I want to read this one passage when he says, Trump is vulgarity unbounded, a knowledge-free national leader who will not only set markets tumbling, but will strike fear into the hearts of the vulnerable, the weak, and above all, the many other, the Hispanic other, the female other, the African-American other, the Jewish and Muslim other. The most hopeful way to look at this grievous event, and it's a stretch, is that this election and the years to follow will be a test of the strength or the fragility of American institutions. It will be a test of our seriousness and our resolve. And right now, to me, the most important thing to do is dig into that resolve. I keep asking myself, what would Shirley Chisholm do? Yeah. Um, and when Shirley Chisholm lost the nomination... Uh, when she was running for the Democratic nomination for the race for president, um, there's a there's footage of her in basically like a green room type situation um, in a room with a bunch of her supporters and a, and a few journalists. And she's sad and she's choked up. And I mean, she had dedicated her entire life to becoming the first African-American woman to get that nomination to be president. Um, and she tells everyone around her, like, this is sad, um, but we can keep going. We have to keep going. And that's basically exactly what Hillary Clinton said in her concession speech today. Uh, you know, she she immediately pointed out that she called Donald Trump to congratulate him on his win. And she said that uh, I hope he will be a successful president for all Americans. And she was a better person than I could have been, although, you know, she did have a couple hours to think about this. I would have still been crying, though. Um, she said, we owe him an open mind and a chance to lead. This is not the outcome that we wanted and we work so hard for. And I am sorry that we did not win this election. Uh, she says, I know we still have not shattered that highest and hardest glass ceiling, but someday someone will and hopefully sooner than we might think right now. And so at this point, I am already weeping, right? Like I was weeping from the moment that Tim Kaine 
Her VP pick came out on stage to introduce her, and I wept all the way as I was driving into work today. But this is where I started uh, absolutely losing it. Uh, she says, to all the women, and especially the young women who put their faith in this campaign and in me, I want you to know that nothing has made me prouder than to be your champion. And to all the little girls who are watching this, never doubt that you are valuable and powerful and deserving of every chance and opportunity in the world to pursue and to achieve your own dreams. And I think that's important for everyone in our country to hear that girls are deserving of a champion. And I did not vote for Hillary Clinton because of her gender or because of my gender, but it was one aspect of her as a powerful, amazing person. And regardless of her loss in this presidential race, she has made history and hopefully serves as a role model to a lot of little girls out there. And one thing, too, from her speech that jumped out to me was the line where she's directly addressing younger people saying, never stop believing that fighting for what's right is worth it. And to me, her concession speech could be summed up in two words. Stay nasty. Yeah. (laughs) Because we have to. Yeah. And I also take heart that she won the popular vote. Yeah. You know, Donald Trump is is now, I believe, the fifth president um, elected who lost the popular vote. But down the ballot, there were some successes for women that we do want to highlight um, because that's so important, too. That's so important to look at the big picture of what's happening right now. And we're going to do that when we come right back from a quick break. This episode of Stuff Mom Never Told You is brought to you by HelloFresh. Get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. And while we're under a quarantine, I will say HelloFresh has so many recipes. It's been wonderful because it gets me out of my rut and I'm able to try new recipes instead of my same old, same old. And they offer contactless delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family so you don't have to have those stressful meal planning and grocery store trips. Even better, HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients means there's less prep for you and less food waste. So if you're ready to try some of the delicious food from HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash MomStuff80 and use code MomStuff80 to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. That's HelloFresh.com slash MomStuff80 and use code MomStuff80 to get a total of $80 off and free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. This episode is brought to you by China. The China brand provides premium disposable tableware to celebrate moments of togetherness. Yes, and right now that is more important than ever, especially when we're all apart. So recently I had a group and we had a a socially distanced 
barbecue where the host drew out circles and chalk that were six feet apart. And everyone showed up with their own chairs and beverages. And it was really convenient to have disposable products. And we we just had a, a lovely conversation. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. And I'm with the disposable products, I know that the China brand provides durable and trusted products, which I have used before, that let you enjoy every moment of the get-togethers and traditional or now not. And there are classic white products that can work for any gathering or cut crystal plates and cups when you want to make something a little extra special. Disposable tableware keeps things simple and cleanup easy. Chinet products are available wherever you buy groceries, including delivery or pickup. So, of course... um, (laughs) The office of president was not the only thing that we as Americans were um, deciding yesterday and in the weeks leading up to the election during early voting. Um, I know I mentioned in an earlier episode that I was so excited to vote early and I, I skipped to the poll worker to hand over my, my voting card. Um, and also, of course, we were voting for Senate and House um, in the Senate. The Democrats gained one seat. So now there are 47 Democrats and 51 Republicans. And in the House of Representatives, the Democrats gained six seats to get 192 versus 239 Republicans. So at this point, the Republicans have control of everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely everything. Um, But I tell you what, Caroline, when I went to vote yesterday, first of all, I was wearing my uh, rainbow Hillary pantsuit t-shirt, um, which did attract some, <laughs> some glares, mostly from older white men, uh, which I responded to with a resting bitch face. Um, and while I was happy to vote for Hillary, of course, I like had like six of her dancing across my boobs as I did so. <laughs> um, I also love the fact that by virtue of living in Atlanta, I get to reelect civil rights icon John Lewis. Oh, I was so excited to vote for him. I mean, it's just that always just makes me makes me feel good. And it also makes me feel proud to be talking to you here in Atlanta, you know, because the South is understandably disparaged for being so uh, politically and culturally conservative. Um, but I am really proud of, uh, the civil rights heritage that is here in Atlanta, not to veer off onto a total tangent, but, um, John Lewis is amazing. And, uh, that was a bright spot, including some other women in the Senate and the House who won yesterday, uh, specifically Tammy Duckworth, a Democrat from Illinois who ran a highly contentious Senate race against incumbent Republican Senator Mark Kirk. And she won. I mean, this woman, though, is a badass. She's an Army veteran who lost both of her legs when an army helicopter she was piloting in Iraq was hit with a grenade. And now she will become the second Asian American woman sworn into the Senate. Yeah. And it is worth noting for sure that, uh, Duckworth had to deal with some pretty nasty attacks from Mark Kirk. And, uh, he not only 
uh, attacked her politics, which par for the course, um, and her message on gun regulations. But he also attacked her actual family background and her military service. It's like he was doing whatever he could to throw hurdles in her way and it just didn't work and it didn't work with voters and so and we should mention too that she was born in bangkok yeah she has a chinese mother and an american father who had served in world war ii and um i I think voters were like are you are you kidding yeah um she also had a lot of support from uh, elizabeth warren mm -hmm. uh last night when i was frantically uh, digging through Twitter to find some solace as the the tide began to turn. I was over on Elizabeth Warren's Twitter, and it was nothing but being pumped for uh, Tammy Duckworth. I'm also just glad Elizabeth Warren is there, that she exists, uh, and that she's not going anywhere. Um, but let's head on over to California, where Democrat Kamala Harris uh, won Senator Barbara Boxer's open Senate seat. Yeah, and she had been uh, California's attorney general, and now she is just the second black woman to be elected to the U.S. Senate. And that's a shame. That is a shame that uh, she is the second, only the second. Yeah, but I'm glad she's there. Oh, absolutely. She is uh, her whole deal. Um, is combating income inequality. She wants massive, comprehensive immigration reform. She wants to reform the criminal justice system Amen. and protect civil rights. We need her. We absolutely need her. And uh, hello, Catherine Cortez Masto, a Democrat from Nevada, made history last night because she will become the first Latina ever elected to the U.S. Senate. Well, I mean, she's already been elected, but I should say we'll make history being sworn in uh, to the Senate. So that's terrific. I mean, like they're and especially that these are women of color who are making history is definitely something that we should celebrate, because not only do we need more women in our political system, but we need women of color in particular. Um, and there was also some stuff happening in the old house. What's going on in the house? <laughs> in the house of reps. Um, Val Demings, who's a Florida Democrat, uh, she's the former chief of the Orlando Police Department, and she's the first woman to ever hold that position. Uh, she had originally run in 2012 unsuccessfully before she got her seat uh, now in 2016. And she focused a lot on job creation and the economy, on reducing violent crime and protecting national security, expanding education and making college more affordable for students. Um, and all of these things clearly really resonated with voters. Uh, and down in Florida, Floridians listening. But what can we say that we're in Georgia? Yeah. Um, but uh, you did elect Stephanie Murphy, uh, a Democrat who beat a Republican incumbent with over 20 years uh, of a run in the House, Congressman John Micah. And she won thanks largely to her progressive platform on education, protecting women's reproductive rights. Hello, our uteruses are in dire need of protection right now. Um, and she also stood for guaranteeing 
pay equity. Uh, so this is the first time she'll be holding office and glad to see that. And then when we move over to Washington state, another Democrat was successful. Pramila Jayapal is, uh, a civil rights advocate who is committed to passing immigration reform, stopping violence against people in communities of color, fighting for LGBTQ equality, again, reproductive rights and working for campaign finance reforms. And so when she is sworn into the House in January, she's going to be the first Indian American person in Congress. And finally, we got a shout out Delaware's Lisa Blunt Rochester, whose resume is just a laundry list of firsts. Uh, this woman first served as Delaware's first African-American female secretary of labor. She was uh, Delaware's first African-American deputy secretary of health and social services. And now, as of last, last night, she is Delaware's first woman and African-American woman to serve as the at-large congresswoman, meaning she represents the entire state of Delaware. So there is some rad news coming out of last night. There is a lot more sad news, of course, but this is also why it's important for us to remember, A, y'all, it's not just in four years that we got to step back up to the plate, that that pussy's going to grab back because we have two years until the next set of Senate and congressional elections. And obviously, like, our main focus is on the presidential election, but down the ballot matters so much, all the way down to your local politics. And again, um, hopefully this election becomes a rallying cry for more women to get involved in politics from the ground up in, in the same way as uh, the... Anita Hill testimony against uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Clarence Thomas not only broke wide open the realities of sexual harassment, but also inspired a lot of women to run because the system is broken. And I got to tell you, Caroline, um, waking up was not fun this morning, but our Stuff Mom Never Told You community made it easier. And you all have not only been sending a lot of love our way, um, or also sending your very understandable angst that we share with you, wondering, what do we do now? What do we do? Um, and we're going to talk about that when we come right back from a quick break. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. So we know, listeners, it's been rough for a lot of people out there, and we've been very open about our experiences with therapy and how it's been so helpful for us in the past and in the present. And because of that, we wanted to highlight a service that we think might be of help to you all, BetterHelp, which offers licensed online counselors who are trained to listen and to help. You can talk with your counselors in a private online environment at your own convenience from wherever you're comfortable. And BetterHelp counselors have expertise in a broad range of areas. They can give you access to help that might not be available in your area. And you just have to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then get matched with a counselor in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is an affordable option and our listeners get 10% off your first month with a discount code MOMSTUFF. 
Get started today at betterhelp.com slash momstuff. That's betterhelp.com slash momstuff. Talk to a therapist online and get help. This episode of Stuff I Never Told You is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a lot different than most. We're staying at home for the most part, and many events we usually look forward to are canceled. We find ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players ages 10 and up, although many younger kids can play with initial adult guidance. It's a great way to keep families engaged and off screens, even if it is just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. Unlike the roll your dice, move your mice games, this is a little different. What are your experiences? The first time I played Catan was at our office game night, and it was so fun. It was quick to pick up. It was easy. It was social. We made it really competitive because we're a competitive group, but you don't have to. And what I thought was just going to be a, a short game among friends turned into an epic game night that we shall remember forever. <laughs> hours we played, hours. And uh, yes, I lost, but I had fun. You had fun. <laughs> well, obviously, it keeps you really social. And like you said, it is really easy to pick up, which is really nice right now. This year is the 25th anniversary of Catan. Get Catan at catanshop.com slash mom. Listeners of the podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. So I posted this morning on the Stuff Mom Never Told You Facebook page that all caps, nasty women keep fighting. Uh, it took me way too long to even just cobble that sentence together because my brain was so shell-shocked. And I wanted to share some of the comments um, that listeners from around the world were sharing on this thread that has really just become um, one comforting corner of the Internet. So thank you all for that. Listener Kathy shared, I'm married to a Latino man whose father was an undocumented immigrant until he married my mother-in-law. My uncle is gay, my best friend is Jewish, and I have several survivors of sexual assault in my family. I went to school with many Muslims, my co-workers are active in Black Lives Matter, and I grew up next to a reservation. I will continue to stand with you. I will continue to fight for you. You are loved. You are my community. I promise to continue to use my voice only louder. And I got to tell you too, Caroline, I've been thinking a lot, A, about parents of small children, (laughs) What do you say? And also about teachers who are dealing with this in the classroom. Uh, listener Heather commented, I teach at a small private school in Alabama. Today has been a difficult day for me and the few minority students at my school. I've dried tears and given hugs. But most importantly, I came to school today, even though I wanted to stay home. I came to school and loved every single one of my students, and we had a discussion about kindness and empathy and how we should all be spreading it. I'm going to be the light for my students because now I might be the only one that they have. And we've also definitely heard support from our friends and listeners outside of this country as well. Becky writes, as your neighbor to the north, all I can say is keep fighting. This is a wake up call for everybody who stayed silent because they thought their voice didn't matter. 
Well, now your voice needs to be heard louder and more clearly than ever before. Shed your tears and mourn, but then move on and prepare yourselves. I fear your country is in the start of a very volatile revolution, but when it's all over, whenever that may be, make sure everybody comes out safe and on the right side of history. It's never too late to right the wrongs. I'm sending every single American in shock and sadness right now a huge bear hug and a fist bump. Love, your Canadian neighbor. Yeah, we've been receiving a lot of messages of support and solidarity from our beloved Canadian audience and uh, listeners in Europe as well. And we thank you for that. That means a lot. Um, and in terms of the question, what do we do now? To me, at least, Caroline, the first thing as in today because this is a very one foot in front of the other process. I want to make sure I check my privilege in all of this, because as a straight, married, financially stable, healthy as far as I know, et cetera, et cetera, white college-educated woman, I am emotionally distraught, but I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. Regardless, the same cannot be said for millions of people in this country who do not benefit from all of those societal privileges that all of my identities afford me. And while it's important and valid for us to have emotions around this and to process it, we also have to keep an eye on what the ripple effect is beyond our own like psychological pain and how it affects the marginalized communities that we come in contact with, and especially the ones that we don't, that are largely invisible. Right. Um, I have been trying to keep up with as many different voices as I can on Twitter, for instance, just to try to listen and and see what other people are saying. Um, in my tiny corner of my zip code in, uh, well, adjacent to Atlanta, um, I've done my part to just reach out to lady friends like you um, to say, hey, stuff is hard today. And if you need a place to just get away and decompress and cry or yell or whatever, like, you can come over and hang out and have a glass of wine <laughs> because I, I want to be able to help. I don't know what to do and I don't know how I can't fix the world myself. I'm one person and I can't um, change anyone's life. I'm one person, but uh, what I can do and all I know how to do is invite people over to listen to them and almost treat it like a wake I, I don't know how else to say it. I don't want to sound morbid, but it's kind of what it feels like. It feels morbid. Um, also, I'm very disappointed that you cannot change the world just <laughs> by yourself, Caroline. I know, right? Hello. And as daunting as social media is today, um, the thing that is super useful uh, with Twitter especially that I'm planning to do once my, my brain settles a little bit is seek out the voices and the reactions and the experiences right now of people who do not look like you, who are having to deal with these more imminent threats, people whose reproductive rights 
are under dire threat because there is no uh, abortion clinic anywhere to be found. Um, people who are uh, terrified to be Muslim and in public now because they don't know what's going to happen. People in low-income areas, whatever it might be, to try to take a holistic look at it and see what you can do. I don't know if that sounds too Pollyanna, um, but right now, listening is also powerful. Yeah. And hopefully with enough listening and with enough patience, both for yourself and for other people, you can find that good starting point for <laughs> when and where to step out into. Uh, what am I doing with my metaphor? To step out into the parade? To sure. step into the stream? <laughs> the p- to cross your horse in the middle of the road? Oh, I like that one. circle the wagons? Yes. And... But of course, since we are ladies, we will ride that horse side saddle. You, you bet your britches. <laughs> we will. Um, actually, I'd prefer to go Lady Godiva style right now because I'm <laughs> feeling real brassy. Just take it all off. Oh my God! Can Apparently, we... by brassy, I mean like I want to be nude in public. But whatever. Can we pull in? What's her name? Inez Milholland, who she was the suffragist. She died very young, but she rode a white horse. Uh, through like this parade of drunken men who were like throwing their bottles at her and screaming at her. But she was, I mean, she was a woman of incredible privilege. She was white. Um, and she was like, I'm riding my horse of freedom. She was not Southern. She did not have that accent, but I do in my head for her. Uh, and so whether you're getting on a literal horse or a figurative, figurative one, maybe, maybe it's time that we get on our angry, Angry feminist horses of of rage Ooh. and ride through this angry parade. I'm going to take that metaphor up a notch and call okay. it angry feminist unicorn. Okay. Because we know that they are magical and more yeah. powerful. Uh, not that feminism is magic. It's actually really basic. It's pretty basic. Um, but pretty straightforward. Uh, before we wrap up, um, speaking speaking of men throwing bottles, what would you suggest to the guys who are listening. Hello, fellows. I know that you're listening um, because I'm sure there are guys out there who are similarly outraged, but also have women in their lives that they want to stand in solidarity with. Um, so what? what's the best course of action aside from, again... <laughs> listening um yeah i don't know what else to say because like that's all my boyfriend did when he got home from work last night and i was just crying with my white wine spritzer um uh, like a bougie fool i mean he all he did was listen and and um we talked a little bit about the numbers i caught him up on what was going on uh, as far as statistics uh and developments were going and he just listened and we talked a lot about Toronto. Um, oh, moving there. Mm-hmm. I hear Toronto's beautiful this time of year. I'm uh, more curious about Vancouver myself. Yeah. Uh, I just like uh, all of my Irvins um, came to uh, Ontario from Ireland. So there I need, you go. I need to. I mean, I figure why just start there and then I can move around Canada as needed. As needed. 
Two words, though, regardless of whether you are a dude, regardless of your gender identity, two words that are of zero help that I'm going to flip today if I am told this. Calm down. No. Do not apologize for your feelings. Don't calm down if you don't want to. This is this is not a time to be calm. This is a time to be angry. And you know what? I think that women need to go on strike again. I think it's time we take a cue from our rad ladies in Iceland and in Poland and across Latin America lately and Go on strike. Protest. Let's shake things up. I'm mad as hell right now. And I forget the rest of that quote from the movie Network, but y'all know the one I'm talking about. (laughs) And hopefully tuning into this has maybe been not comforting because I feel we can't we can't take the pain away, obviously. But know that we are here and we are standing in solidarity with you, dear listener, and standing in solidarity for intersectional equality for everybody, everybody, everybody. Yeah. So I want to hear from listeners. How are you feeling? What's going on? Um, are you scared? Are you motivated? Um, and if you're motivated, what are you, what are you going to do? Like, what steps are you going to take to be an advocate or an activist? And, Just a note to save people time if they're thinking about this. We don't want to hear anything trying to convince us about how bad Hillary Clinton is, how terrific Bernie Sanders is because he is, uh, why third party nominees should have gotten more support. That was yesterday, y'all. And we got to look at tomorrow. Well, and even today, because today's it's a rough one. So, y'all, thank you so much for your support to us. And we're going to keep fighting because that's what nasty women do. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. If you crack open an American history book, it's sure to be filled with founding fathers, bloody wars, and the inventions that brought this country to the industrial age. But there's a whole other world that waits for us in the shadows. Tales of unlikely heroes, world-changing tragedies, and legends that are unique to this country's spirit. So join me, Lauren Vogelbaum, for a tour of American history unlike any other, through a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Aaron Menke's Grim and Mild. Get ready for American Shadows. Listen to American Shadows on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Dear Young Rockers Season 2 is a raw, honest, strange, and entertaining story about finding yourself in your early 20s and a lifelong relationship with music. It's hosted by me, Chelsea Erson, and is executive produced by Jake Brennan of Disgraceland. Dear Young Rocker comes to you from Double Elvis Productions and iHeartRadio. Listen to Dear Young Rocker on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.